Thanks for joining me for Larry Dowdy Mike Side. This is episode 29, and as we get closer to the anniversary of Elvis's death on August 16th, our guest today is making a living as an Elvis tribute artist. Taylor Rodriguez is from Lynchburg. His love for Elvis started at a really young age, but it's had saying power. In 2019, Taylor was named the Ultimate Elvis Tribute Artist Champion at Graceland, and he may just be one of the best Elvis tribute artists in the world. Taylor Rodriguez, welcome to the Mike Side Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, when was it you knew that you had a thing for Elvis music? Yeah, so when I was about the age of uh, six years old, uh, I took an interest to Elvis, and I instantly just kind of fell in love with the guy. I mean, his his charisma, um, just being a unique artist uh, such as, you know, himself. I mean, just being Elvis Presley, you know, I just, it was something about him that I just, I just took an interest to, and um, at the age of nine, I started uh, singing and, and uh, my parents kind of uh, had a costume made because I wanted to be Elvis for Halloween. <laughs> and uh, they had a costume made for me and everything. And um, I performed at my parents' restaurant and uh, I was kind of, you know, named the local Elvis in a way. And uh, I started performing for, you know, birthday parties, weddings. I mean, you name it. And I just started you know, kind of getting out there more and more. And, uh, and, and here I am today. So, yeah. (laughs) Taylor, do you feel like in many ways, uh, you, you liked Elvis because of his showmanship? Yes, absolutely. I mean, he was, he was just so unique. Um, he was unlike any of the other, you know, musicians or artists that I, I saw or would listen to. Um, he, he was just, he was just so different and I think that's what really kind of drew me in on Elvis. You know, here he is. He's been dead 44 years. You weren't even born when he yeah, died. Yeah. Uh, and, and I must <laughs> say, I'm, I'm happy to say that I did at least see Elvis, I think it was twice, at the Roanoke Civic Center at the time. And yes, he, he was and always will be the, one of the top showmen out there. Why do you think... Elvis is still popular today. Well, you know, that's, that is the question. Um, I've been asked that so many times and honestly, you know, I think Elvis really kind of broke the barrier for uh, a lot of musicians and artists, um, you know, back in the 1950s. Um, he never wrote a song in his life. Um, he mostly would sing songs that were, you know, uh, written for other artists, um, you know, such as Blue Suede Shoes was written by Carl Perkins. Um, and, you know, he kind of turned that into a hit um, just because of his different style that that he, you know, performed. And I think that it was because of of nobody had seen anything like Elvis before that's what just drew people to Elvis because, you know, this here, here, this, you know, 20 something, you know, year old guy is coming up on the scene in 1956. And, um, you know, it's something different that nobody has ever seen before. And I think that's what really kind of, um, attracted people to Elvis was, it was just his charisma, his showmanship. It was, it was different. It was hip, you know, and, 
here he is, you know, been gone. Oh gosh. You know, I mean, just so long now. And it, uh, it, it's, it's amazing how his legacy has, has just kept going. It really is. You mentioned that uh, Elvis did not write songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you wrote a song, would you have wanted Elvis to sing it? You know, I think that's a lot of pressure on me Um, (laughs) because I'd have to make sure (laughs) that song was written, you know, uh, I mean, specifically to Elvis. Um, You know, I mean, think about it like this. Dolly Parton, um, I will always love you. Elvis was supposed to sing that song and apparently, you know, apparently there was some dealings or whatever with the Colonel uh, Elvis's uh, manager at the time and it didn't go through. Um, But, you know, Dolly Parton to this day, she, she says, you know, I wonder what Elvis would have, I mean, you know, like what the arrangement would have been like if Elvis had sang that song. Um, But that's a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, to have the King of rock and roll sing your song. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 and you know, I, as you say that, I'm thinking, well, you know, would it have sounded a little bit like my way? I, it could have, yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever heard any of the tribute artists um, attempt that song because I, I, it, it was, I don't think you could really pinpoint what Elvis would have sounded like because I think he would have changed it. Um, you know, to to his style and and to to his vocal range and everything. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it probably could have sounded like my way, honestly. Now thinking about it, so um, I, I I don't know. It's just it's a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, to have Elvis Presley sing your song. So truly, uh, you know, we we've talked about uh, Colonel Parker before. Do you think he was good for Elvis's career or bad? Maybe early on, good, but. At the end, I don't know. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings. I think um, we as tribute artists have about Tom Parker. Um, you know, the Colonel. I, I think that um, in many ways, I th- I do think that if Elvis did not have the Colonel as the manager, as his manager, I, I don't think Elvis would have been as popular as he is today. Um, I mean, the the colonel worked out so many dealings, you know, um, where he would have companies basically pay for an entire production and he wouldn't have to spend a dime. Everything would be basically, you know, paid for by the, the record companies or or whatever company was sponsoring it. He he was very, very savvy uh, when it come to booking Elvis and promoting him and marketing him. Um, you know, a lot of people say that they think that the Colonel, uh, kind of pushed Elvis a little bit too hard. Um, especially there at the end, you know, I mean, he, he was doing concert after concert. I mean, he was flying from city to city and, and he never really had, um, any break. And I think a lot of people look at that and go, man, you know, if if Elvis would have just, you know, gotten help and, and, maybe if the colonel backed off a little bit, you know, that he would still be alive today, but you know, there's no telling. Um, but I do think the colonel, if, if it wasn't for the colonel, I don't think Elvis would have been as popular as he is today, especially with, um, you know, with my generation and, um, a lot of the artists that you see today, like Bruno Mars and, and, uh, you know, these young musicians, a lot of them take inspiration from Elvis 
And um, I think that's just, that's really, really cool because that's, you know, they're, they're taking inspiration from the King. So Taylor, the other podcast I do with Larry Bly, uh, two Larry's and a mic. We recently talked about two sided hits and I know with Elvis, he had quite a few two sided hits and maybe it was, uh, Colonel Parker who wanted, uh, you know, more Elvis all the time. Right. Or the fact that they just wanted to saturate the airwaves with nothing but Elvis. But I have to wonder if it was a different time, maybe today, where you couldn't have a two-sided hit. You could control more of what was released. Maybe Elvis would have, I don't know if it's possible, but a, a longer staying power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is possible. Um, I, you know, it, it, I, talking about the, the, the Colonel, you know, reminds me of something that, um, that he actually did, you know, he, he was so, like I said, he was so savvy in the way he marketed Elvis, um, in Vegas, when he, when Elvis was in Vegas, uh, the marketing was Elvis now, and you would see banners and, and, um, I mean, just any type of marketing banners, posters, you name it. I mean, everywhere said Elvis now, and that was to let people know that Elvis was performing right now in Las Vegas. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it's very possible with, um, if he was still, you know, around, I think that, that, uh, he would have a lot more hits. Um, and, and he did, Elvis did have a lot of, you know, two-sided hits. Um, probably more than a lot of artists today. And I think that's just, you know, because of how, uh, the, the, basically the, the, uh, change in the music industry and everything has gone today. You know, um, it's all about, you know, views now it's all about how many listens you get on one song. Um, and I mean, back then, you know, it was probably a little bit easier to get, you know, on the radio. Uh, now it's a little bit more difficult to get on the radio. Um, especially to have your, you know, hits played and everything. So, um, but I think it would have been possible for Elvis. I, I think he would have, he was so unique. Well, and you have to also think about uh, Colonel Parker, not just pushing Elvis from a um, an audio standpoint, but he wanted him on movies. He wanted him on TV. Yeah. Um, if Elvis wouldn't have been drafted in the army, um, you, we would have seen a lot more films, uh, I believe. And, uh, but, you know, during that time when he was, you know, filming movies, um, he even said that, you know, he kind of felt like, you know, these movie companies were, you know, just kind of taking advantage of him. Elvis wanted to be a serious actor. Um, and he was almost a little bit made fun of in the, in the movies. Um, you know, I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, some of the songs that these, uh, like MGM studios and, you know, that would, would, uh, would have Elvis, you know, sign the contract for and stuff. They would have him sing, you know, songs like old McDonald. And I mean, just, just really, really cheesy songs. And it's like, you know, I, I think they kind of made fun, fun of him just a little bit. And, you know, as soon as he got out of the army, um, you know, he, he even was quoted saying that he, he thought he was kind of losing his fan base because, um, groups like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were, were starting to get a lot popular because they were doing a lot more, you know, live concerts than he was. And, um, so he was, 
he was concerned about that. But I think um, if it wasn't for him being drafted into the army, we would have seen a lot more movies out there, I think, of Elvis. Well, if it would make Elvis feel any better, there is a version of Old MacDonald and Frank Sinatra doing it. So I guess <laughs> if it's good enough for Elvis, it's good enough for Old Blue Eyes. I, I guess so. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, Taylor Rodriguez, you have participated in Elvis events uh, from Graceland to all over the United States, maybe the world for that matter. And in 2019, you were named the ultimate Elvis. Elvis Tribute Artist Champion by Elvis Presley Enterprises. Uh, Quite the honor, but the competition had to be intense. What does it take to be a good Elvis Tribute Artist? Well, my advice would be, um, you know, there's only going to always be one Elvis. Uh, There's nobody will ever replace Elvis. Um, And you have to look at that when, when you're competing, you know, you, you can't think that, you know, you're better than everybody else or whatever. You can't let it go to your head. Um, There's only one Elvis. We do this because we want to honor, you know, the, the one guy that we all look up to, you know, he's, he's our hero, you know, and, um, you have to really study, you know, exactly what Elvis was doing during that specific era that you're portraying, whether it's the 50s, 60s, or 70s. Um, you have to do your research when you go into a competition. You have to, you know, make sure that you're wearing the right jumpsuit, wearing the right rings. Um, you know, you have to have make sure your hair is parted a, a certain way, you know, so it falls. Um I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of research that you have to do. Um, but the thing is, is that you never go on stage and you say, I am Elvis or I do That's the difference between an impersonator and a tribute artist. And, um, when we're on stage, we always, you know, we're never like in character. We're still ourselves, but we would, we basically portray Elvis, um, and what in our style and what we think Elvis would have, you know, um, done, but also kind of sticking true to what he did do, you know, in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Um, so do your research. Do your research if you're going to compete. Uh, and, you know, the, the most important thing is just have fun. You know, it's it's not all serious. You know, it's it's you want to have fun doing what you do. Um, and uh, And, yeah. And then that's kind of my advice to become a good tribute artist. <laughs> Taylor, hearing you talk about that, I'm thinking, boy, I'm glad I'm not your hairstylist because one wrong clip. <laughs> Trust me, I've had some hairstylists before where they're like, you know, we, I, I want to make sure that we're getting this right. And I'm like, yeah, you better get it right. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, on your first visit to Graceland, uh, was there something about his home or Elvis himself that surprised you? You know, um, the size of Graceland actually surprised me. It's it's about the size of, of a modern, uh, you know, suburban home today. Um, it kind of surprised me. And, and, you know, because everyone, when they talk about Graceland, they talk about this magnificent, like, house and and how it's, you know, just it's it's a huge mansion and... And, you know, you go into it and you go, man, it's about the size of your house today, you know, like kind of your regular size house. Um, and um, but it's it's still 
just filled with things that you wouldn't have in a normal house. Like the jungle room, for instance, has a waterfall that's in the house and the walls and ceiling and the floor is covered in like a shag green carpet. Um, there's also a rule, uh, a room that, uh, is covered in like a, a, a tapestry of some sort and it's called the pool room and it has a pool table, but it's like these weird psychedelic colors. You know, you can definitely tell like this was more in the seventies era. Um, so that kind of surprised me, but, uh, I would, if, if you get the chance, go visit Graceland because it's, I think it's the second most visited home in the United States. Um, right behind the white house, I believe. So it's, it's a popular destination, but if you get the chance to go there, definitely go do it. Well, and you talk about maybe nothing really massive about, uh, Graceland in its day. Do we have Priscilla and others like her, uh, who wanted to carry on the legacy of Elvis? Do we have them to thank for what's around Graceland today? You do. Um, Especially Lisa and and, uh, and and you do, I mean, you know, Priscilla and Elvis had divorced, um, you know, but honestly, Priscilla has kind of um, kept up the the promotion of, you know, Elvis and 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 trying to carry on his legacy. Um, and I do think you, you do have to thank both Lisa and Priscilla because they really have worked hard to, um, you know, allow guests in, into what is technically today still Lisa's um, home now. You know, it, it, that's Elvis's daughter's home. And, uh, and they opened the doors to, to Graceland and they've preserved it well. Um, they've artifacts. I mean, the, the, the artifacts is just amazing uh i mean down to you know a, a match uh book that was you know laying on a coffee table that's how good the artifact or the archives are and um so you do have to thank them uh because they have really kept up uh, the house and they've they've uh you know let people actually go into the king of rock and roll's house and uh and, and tour it um so i i think that's really unique so yeah most definitely. Yeah, that that's just amazing. I, if if that was me, I would have to have a basement that looked like something from Hoarders. You don't throw anything away. Oh yeah, and and the car museum is just out of this world. I mean, some of the cars that Elvis collected, uh, motorcycles, um, down to go karts. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, I, there's even a, a John Deere tractor that they restored. Um, it was left out, I think, in the shed or something, and it kind of you know, it was kind of weathering away in a way and, uh, they restored it. And it's a, it's a, I mean, it, I, I'm not a big tractor guy, but I was like, man, that's a gorgeous tractor. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really amazing. The, uh, the upkeep and, uh, there's even horses on property. Um, some were that, that were still bred from, uh, El Elvis's horses that he had there on property as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, they also restored this old bicycle that was hanging up in the shed and they didn't know what it was until they started seeing photos of Elvis and his first bicycle. And that's what was hanging up in the shed was Elvis's first bicycle rusting away. They've recently just restored it and it's actually on display in Graceland right now. 
So yeah, it's it's a lot of amazing things. Amazing indeed. Hey, do you have a favorite Elvis song that you perform at your shows? Yes. Um uh right now I'm kind of on Elvis's gospel music. My my favorite song kind of changes from, you know, month to month. Uh, but it's actually one of Elvis's Grammy award winning songs. Uh, he touched me. Uh, it's one of my favorite, favorite songs right now. And that's one that I love to perform for you. What is the most difficult or challenging Elvis song to do? Ooh, uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I would probably say, uh, how great thou art or, um, unchained melody. One of those songs, I mean, Elvis put his his all into those songs. Um, a lot of people know Unchained Melody as kind of one of the last songs that Elvis had performed um, before he had passed. And it's something about that performance that it really touches people. And you have to get that song right because you've got to touch that that audience member that may have seen Elvis back in, you know, the 1950s or 1970s. And that's kind of the hardest songs that are out there right now. Um, because like I said, Elvis did put all everything he had into those songs and you could feel it. And, um, I think that's something that really sticks with people. You know, uh, when, when someone can, can really just kind of reach out, even if it's through, you know, YouTube or whatever it is today, and they can touch you, you're, you're instantly kind of connected and I think that's something that really connects people uh, is, is hearing those songs. So it's those are the most difficult. Taylor Rodriguez, the uh, costumes you wear on stage look so authentic. And I, I know there's not an Elvis or us out there. I mean, uh, <laughs> where do they where do they come from? Yeah. So it's a company called B&K Enterprises. Um, you can actually, uh, you know, if you want to go buy a suit today, you could go do it. Uh, you go into B and K costumes online. Um, they actually have some of the original, uh, patterns that this, the jumpsuits were made from. Um, and they're the only company that, that has those, uh, actual patterns. Um, so that's the reason my suits look so good is because they're made from the original patterns of Elvis's jumpsuits. Um, you know, down to the, the placement of where every rhinestone, uh, is, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you need to go invest in one now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in your travels, have you ever lost your, your Elvis jumpsuits? In the... Oh, no, no, not yet. Don't jinx me though. Not yet. That, that's a, that's an expensive thing of luggage that I would lose. So can yeah. You, can you imagine them opening <sighs> that and go, what the? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I can, I can just imagine TSA, you know, here in Lynchburg, the TSA, they're used to me coming through. They're like, Oh, Hey, what's up Elvis? And I'll just walk through and they're like, yep. And then, you know, I have a, a you know, a, 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 like a 10 pound, uh, <laughs> gold casted belt just laying in the <laughs> in the suitcase and they're like oh yeah this is normal you know uh so yeah it's uh but when i go and i travel uh to other places and i have a carry-on and i have something that's you know like elvis related and they you know stop me at tsa or whatever uh and they go through it that's the exact expression that they have on their face is 
what the heck is this? You know? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting life, but, uh, you know, (laughs) well, look at it this way at the end of the day, man, do I have a story to tell you? Yeah. Hey, it's a tough way to make a living. That's what Elvis would say. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of uh, making a living and how tough it's been, what has the pandemic done for you and your performances abroad? Yeah. Um, it has been, very, very tough. Uh, I mean, I was, you know, unemployed for probably a, a year and a half. Um, and it was not fun. I mean, I, I had to, uh, I had to take up some other hobby, uh, during the time of, you know, COVID. Um, I took up gardening is what I, <laughs> what I did. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it was, it's been tough. Um, you know, recently we've been getting back, uh, into the swing of things, which is, is good. Um, but I had tons of international, uh, gigs, you know, Australia, I had, I had a cruise, uh, that was an international cruise. Um, I had, uh, several shows and, and whatnot in the UK. Um, I mean, you name it. I, I basically had everything lined up. I had Vegas lined up, California, um, all over the state. I mean, just everywhere. Uh, and you know, it, it, everything shut down. It it was, it was, it was tough. Uh, I mean, I I won't lie. It it got depressing. Um, but you know, I'm starting to see that, uh, that we're getting back to the swing of things, which is, is good. And, uh, and I hopefully, you know, it'll continue that way. So it's just, uh, it's been tough for musicians, but if you haven't, um, you know, go support your local, uh, theaters go support your local artists now. I mean, they they need it more than ever. Well, as you mentioned that uh, July twenty eighth through August twenty second, Million Dollar Quartet is at the Mill Mountain Theater in Roanoke. It's the story of Elvis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, and Jerry Lee Lewis. You played Elvis in the production. I got to see there at Randolph College a few years back. Can you imagine being a part? of that recording event? Oh yeah. I, I know. Yeah. It, during that recording session, it's, it's actually funny. Um, Sam Phillips at the time, Elvis was signed with a different record company. And so he technically illegally recorded this session that was happening, uh, you know, at sun studios with, Jerry Lee Lewis, who was a session player at the time. He was just a, you know, a a piano session player. Um, And Johnny Cash was there and uh, Carl Perkins. And then Elvis walked in. And like I said, Sam Phillips had illegally recorded the session. Uh, So they've had this, Sam Phillips had this in his possession for quite some time. They had to to wait uh, for the appropriate time. You know, I guess it was after so many years that, you know, the, the company wouldn't sue them um, to release the million dollar quartet, uh, you know, uh, audio. And then they started making a musical out of it. And uh, I mean, it, it it would have been something. I mean, could you imagine just being in that room with <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins and Elvis Presley? I mean, I I. I, I, I wouldn't have any words. I would just sit there and all. Yeah. And, and you know, today, uh, of course, you know, we, we talk about um, that, uh, the Million Dollar Quartet, that takes place in a recording studio. Today, they might be recording in the Jungle Room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'd never know. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, and Elvis actually recorded quite a few albums in the Jungle Room. Uh, so yeah, he 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 did some crazy stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> now I know folks can go to your webpage to find out your upcoming events. Many are private or out of state, but you have one coming up: an engagement September 9th through the twelfth at the Academy Center of the Arts in Lynchburg. Tell us about that and how folks can get tickets. Yeah, so it's uh, the event is called Lynchburg, Virginia's Tribute to the King Festival. Um, so essentially what it is is, is a, an Elvis festival, and uh, probably a lot of you are asking, what is an Elvis festival? Um, it's more so a rock and roll, uh, a, a collection of rock and roll concerts. Um, that what we try to do is we um, take you back and we we embody the the heart uh, and uh, the heart and and soul of Elvis Presley and it's all centered around Elvis. Um, there's five different shows, um, including a a gospel concert that will be all of Elvis's uh, gospel music. Um, each show is different, so they're Las Vegas style shows with a nine piece band. Um, we'll have nine different, uh, headlining artists, uh, which will, you know, they're endorsed by, uh, Elvis Presley enterprises. So we'll have the the best of the best. Um, and this is the first ever Elvis festival in the state of Virginia. Uh, there's never been an Elvis festival uh, in Virginia. So this will be the very first. Um, and, uh, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great event. You can go on to, uh, www.elvis.com. TMJRProductions.com to find out more information on it. Uh, and you can also call 434-382-9354 uh, for tickets. So uh, get your tickets while they last. Uh, we're selling, uh, I think, passes right now uh, for the festival. And it's uh, you know, a four-day pass, and it gets you into all the events. Uh, and it's, it's going to be great. Uh, I hope to see you there. Uh, so it's, it's going to be great. That sounds like so much fun. If you could have asked Elvis any question, what would it have been? Ooh. Um, Ooh, that's a tough one. Here here you go. Why the jumpsuits? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah, no. Um, I probably would have asked him. Oh gosh, I don't even know. I don't know what I would ask him. Now, now you stumped me. I, I have no clue. Um, I I would probably ask him why his perform. Like, why would he go into performing? What what drew him to performing? Was it was it the crowd? Did did he just? You know, I know that he. I know he loved to sing and he loved music, but you know, just why. I, I think is I think that's a good question to ask him is, you know, why after all this time, you know, would he still stay in performing? Would would I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't I don't think I could ask him just one question. That's that's a that's a big thing because there's so many questions that I would have for him. Um, and honestly, I would just love to be there in the room with him and just talk with him. You know, have. Uh, just you know have coffee or a beer with him and just kind of just sit down and talk to him um yeah that's that's kind of where i would go uh, with it i i I would have no clue honestly where to even start asking questions (laughs) that that is a that's a great answer it really is yeah Uh, taylor rodriguez how can folks learn more about you your shows What's the website? Yep. So they can uh, log on to www.taylorrodriguez.com. 
uh, and go under the events uh, section and you'll see a list of our events that we have uh, locally and abroad. Um, we have everything that ranges from uh, cruises going on uh, that are scheduled to go on, excuse me. Um, and uh, we have uh, multiple Elvis festivals that are going on. Uh, we'll have some local shows um, coming up here soon. And uh, yeah, they can just go on to www.taylorrodriguez.com to find out more information. Yeah, I think I saw I, I think I saw a cruise uh, that you had coming up in February of next yeah, year. Yeah, I got a cruise coming up, so we we hope to see you there on that. Um, and uh, you can also go to my Facebook page, which is if you just search Taylor Rodriguez, um, it should pull up uh, our page, and you can just go ahead and like that page, and uh, you should be able to uh, get notifications on where we're going to be and uh, any of the posts that we make. So, yeah. Taylor, uh, continued success. Uh, I've always enjoyed having you as a guest on the radio and now in Larry Dowdy, Mike's side, our podcast. I appreciate you being on and go get them. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a pleasure and uh, and I, I love to see how your retirement is going right now. So, <laughs> hey, it's still it's still in a good direction. I love it. <laughs> oh, you're you're so kind. Well, the real question is, will Taylor Rodriguez ever retire from Elvis? Oh, I you know, I think maybe maybe so. Uh, I'd love to go into acting maybe someday. Um, you know, maybe do a lot more theatrical stuff. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I, I will never stop paying tribute to Elvis. I do know that. I, I love Elvis to death. So he, he's he's my superhero. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, as long as you're having fun, keep doing it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I, I really appreciate it. We appreciate you listening to episode 29 of Larry Dowdy Mike Side with guest Taylor Rodriguez. If you like us, be sure to follow Mike Side on your favorite podcast platform and share this podcast with someone you know. There's a new one every other week. Join me next time for Larry Dowdy Mike Side. See you then. Thank you.